0: Hello, my name is Tate Cornell, and I'm from Washington, and my parents won't let me listen to I Doubt It With All More because he f***ing cusses too much.
1: <laughs> the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore. All right, party people. Episode 253 of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I am your host once again, Jesse Dallimore. And sitting gracefully, yet defiantly across from me, The lovely, talented, and scholarly co-host of mine, Brittany Page. Jesse D. Brittany P.
2: Oh, Jesse D.
1: What 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 is happening?
2: (laughs) Well, it's late.
1: It is very late. I'm very, very tired.
2: It's late. And there's a lot to do before we leave for a spectacular and delicious trip. Oh yeah. On Friday.
1: It is nice that when Britney Page and I go on 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 little mini cations, is that a thing? Uh sure. Uh we don't travel to see the sights. We travel to taste the tastes. <laughs> Would that be accurate?
2: To taste the foods, yes, the snacks.
1: We were given we were gifted tickets.
2: A beautiful gift.
1: From someone who works for an airline. Yes. So we are planning. Here's the weird thing. We are planning to go to Nashville, Tennessee this weekend.
2: Yep. (laughs) Yes.
1: And uh That was
2: live, everybody.
1: That was of course that's live. That was done
2: right now. I got to witness it. I know you're jealous. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. So we are the, the reason I say planning to go to Nashville, Tennessee, is because we're going to be flying standby. We have the tickets, we're booked, correct. But if they sell out with people who are actually paying for tickets, yes, then they tell us to fuck straight off. They do, and we have to find another city in which to fly.
2: Exactly. So it's like a little adventure to fly. It's like a little adventure.
1: Yeah. 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 Everything's up in the air. We can't even book a hotel room. No, until we get our, our our feet on the ground.
2: Correct, and that's okay.
1: It is okay.
2: In fact, it's wonderful. And this friend that gave me this beautiful gift is someone I've known since I was five years old.
1: Brittany's first kiss.
2: That's correct. We kissed under the table at Dell's house. Hashtag Dell's house.
1: So, how soon <laughs> after the kiss do you think he he found out he was gay? Uh, I'm not saying you turned him gay, uh-huh, but he's gay. It's
2: pretty immediate, and I you think.
1: were his first kiss, yeah,
2: it was pretty quick, <laughs> pretty quick after
1: that. it is kind of a nature nurture argument that we're talking about here, uh-huh. And I think you nurtured him right in to being gay,
2: well, uh- <laughs> This is something that we joke about. so. Oh, yes. is
1: it something you guys joke about? Of course it is. Well, God damn it. That's not good at all. I want to be the first to make the funny joke.
2: Yes. Well, whatever. I've known this person since I was five, and I love him, and he's awesome. He is awesome. And this is a really beautiful gift. And it was very funny because he said, listen, you know, there's rules to this. If you get bumped, you can't, like, you know, get mad. You and... can't
1: be Britney Page. No.
2: <laughs> That's what... I'm I'm sitting there thinking, what? Why are you telling me this? Do you think
1: he gave you that information thinking I would be the one to go off on someone? Because I'm no no confrontation guy.
2: I think he just wants to make sure... You know, because people are so snooty anytime anything goes wrong with a flight. You know, they have to wait 10 extra minutes and they start freaking out. They can't be inconvenienced for 10 seconds. The flight starts boarding and everybody jumps up to wait in line for an hour. Like, Listen,
1: if you pay for a flight, I think you're well within all justified ideas of what's normal to bitch and complain if shit goes awry. When you're flying free... You don't really have much justification You to take be, what you get. Yeah. You know, beggars can't be choosers yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. So we certainly will not be bitching if we get bumped or if, if it's delayed or anything like that.
2: Listen, there's going to be tasty treats wherever I end up.
1: Yes. And that's what I was getting at, is that when we vacation, see how we just fucking go crazy off on a tangent there?
2: And we circled right back around.
1: When Brittany and I go on vacation, like we went to New York City and Washington, D.C., and we've been several... Seattle recently... And uh, it's not really about going to places like we really we don't take enough pictures. I'm hoping that we take pictures on this trip, but really it's about where we go to eat. I take pictures of my food. We plan very intently. We like get into Yelp like it's uh, like a, a research document that we're really <laughs> just pouring over the scholarly references.
2: Right. Well, if you have recommendations for us.
1: For Nashville.
2: Yes. Send them on over. Yeah. And if we last minute decide we're going somewhere else, we will be asking for recommendations (laughs) for that place. (laughs) But this is a good time to say for the Sunday show, it will be a little delayed.
1: Delayed? No, 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 no. It will be uh, canceled. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's just no way. We're getting back Monday. Uh Uh-huh. And there's just no way. So once again, you only get one show. In a week.
2: Well, I thought we could come back and pump one out, but you know, obviously Jesse D is not a hard worker. Well, no.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. We have
2: a lazy turd on our hands, everybody. We
1: definitely have a lazy turd on our hands. Uh, we will try. I, I'll say that. I'll give it the old boy scout try, or what's the what's the try?
2: I don't have any college try. I'll give idea. it the
1: college try, mm-hmm. but no guarantees because usually after trips like this. I am in a like a week long food coma <laughs> and really not. If you're going to laugh, would you do it into the microphone? Well, see,
2: I was leaning away from the microphone to, to take drink. the drink. Yeah. And then I. And then
1: you laugh at my funny joke <laughs> and you're you're like. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear you laughing when you're way away from the microphone.
2: All right. Thank you for lecturing me on. Why don't now? you be a
1: professional here?
2: Yep. <laughs> on it. <laughs> wow. Here we go.
1: <laughs> All right, everybody. So any, if you do have recommendations for Nashville and keep in mind, we're not renting a car, we're Ubering it. So if you got anything that's more than 10 miles outside of the city. Yeah, stop. Keep it to yourself.
2: (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Enough.
1: We have already encountered this type of problem. So anyway, uh, before we get started, we have a voicemail and a couple of emails to get to and that is where we will start. Last time on the show, we had Jonathan from the United Kingdom call in with his super friendly, super endearing, super positive, very smart sound and accent.
2: Real cool guy.
1: Because you know Brits, they could be the dumbest MFers in the entire world, (laughs) but they sound real good.
2: They sound great.
1: Well, we have a caller, a regular caller in this case, his name is also John.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and uh well, here it is.
3: Good day, persons. This is John from Pennsylvania, checking in after a rather long hiatus. At uh, the last show we were discussing British accent. I decided to show off. I do want to make one comment on the elections at the moment, is that I view Trump as doing a Kind of a favor if I review a Trump sticker or sign, uh, much as I view a Confederate flag, it simply lets me know who the assholes are. <laughs> Thank you. Have a wonderful day. <sighs>
2: so jealous. So jealous. I don't know why you're
1: jealous. L- let me just say this
2: I think it's an impressive accent.
1: To- of course you do. You-, you can't speak in any accent.
2: I do. You
1: bought your normal accent. I do. Your normal American California accent. You fuck up on a daily basis.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I had someone tell me. I had someone tell me shortly after I moved to California. I, they were talking to me and I said, oh, I'm not from here. And they said, "Oh, I knew you had a Midwest accent.
1: <laughs> Midwest.
2: Yeah. I'm like, I'm not from the Midwest.
1: So anyway, uh, Brittany Page is enamored by accents and she thinks they're wonderful. English and, accents. and you know, to the untrained ear, I think John may seem like he has a wonderful wow, what a great British accent. Impressive. But I bet you, I bet you Jonathan right now is sitting drinking tea probably in Britain, <laughs> thinking, what in the fuck was that? <laughs> what in the hell was that abomination? That's
2: probably true.
1: It's like it's like it's you know what it's like? It's like listening to John Oliver on HBO mm-hmm. it's like listening to him do a southern accent <laughs> he probably thinks he is knocking it out of the park but to me it's like what is he having a, a what,
2: he does okay what's going? no I think it's okay it, it's, it's it is, on a it's, t-
1: it's like a sophisticated southern accent oh It's like uh, no, it's all muddled. It's like Australian. Is is it? Is it Georgia? What is it?
2: Well, it's and that's what
1: John from Pennsylvania just did.
2: It's on a continuum. We have British John at one end of the continuum.
1: Leave it to a psychologist to talk about everything's on a fucking spectrum.
2: We have (laughs) non-British John in the middle of the continuum, and then we have me on the other end that just pronounces Harry Potter characters in an English accent sometimes. (laughs) Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> oh, there you go, everybody. Yeah, it was real good. So so John from Pennsylvania. I don't know what the Pennsylvania part of it is, but I'm assuming Pennsylvania. I would say this, that I agree with John with the terrible British accent a lot, that that's the great thing about this election, is when you see people with Trump stickers on their cars, you know, oh, he's one of them, he's, mm-hmm. or they're one of them. Yeah. She's one of them.
2: I actually saw one today on the freeway, and I was shocked because I don't see very many Trump stickers. Which is
1: weird because Orange County, California is pretty red.
2: Very conservative. Pretty red. Right. But not a lot of Trump stickers. I don't actually understand any kind of political sticker. Um,
1: You know what I've noticed? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt here. (laughs) You know what I've noticed about Trump stickers? If there's one, there's more than one. No one just puts one Trump sticker on their car. The
2: one I saw today was just one. Well,
1: shit all over that. Smashed
2: that anecdote right there. Good to go. Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: let's go to your point since you're going to knock down every one of mine.
2: I don't remember the point I was making. Oh, nice. Let's go ahead and read this text (laughs) message here.
1: That is right, because you can also text the show at 657-464-7609.
2: Seems as if Trump will use election night TV coverage to launch his new network and political party. This will be his last opportunity to have a TV audience of this size. He is playing everyone again. Your thoughts? No N- name.
1: I think it's an LA number, though. Is that a three one zero area code? Yes. Yeah, I think that's I think that's an LA area code. By think I mean I know it's a it's it's an LA area code. Riveting. I, I think that they're trying to piggyback off my prediction and we're going to get to it i'm not going to get into it right now because we've got clips we got a whole bunch of stuff to get to to talk about it um but yeah
2: but he did roll out some initial yeah. laying the groundwork yeah type stuff
1: so there will be just so you know audience a little bit just a little bit of tooting Of my own horn. (laughs) A little later, though. Okay. We're we're not going to do it now.
2: So we have another text message from... One
1: more text message.
2: Will from Rhode Island. Can you shed some light on the VP candidates? Your thoughts? Especially that idiot Pence, whom tried to create a law for funerals for abortions. The world needs to know how stupid he is. Also, I love the videos when you rip that deceitful Tommy Laren. Those videos are great.
1: We will also get to Tommy Laren today, which is odd because as much as I really do getting her ass on YouTube, she's not a... Why'd you make the face? Oh, because I get in her ass. Um, (laughs) She's not really a topic on this show. I don't think we've spent probably... Have we even spent a half hour on her over the course of two hundred and fifty plus episodes? I don't think she's a topic on many shows, yeah i mean she's she's not somebody I focus on despite popular opinion <laughs> on YouTube, yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about that the the v p candidates, which isn't necessarily important, although during the Bush administration we had a a a draconian Insanely powerful vice president. That's not normal. Normally, it's a guy who is like Joe Biden and doesn't really do anything, or tell Tim jokes, Kaine. and get made fun of.
2: Right? Uh, or Tim Kaine?
1: Or Tim Kaine,
2: who seems to be similar to Joe Biden in many ways.
1: Listen, I like Tim Kaine. I think Tim Kaine is a level-headed. And then we'll get to the the, the demon spawn Christian maniac Mike Pence. I think Tim Kaine is a is a stand-up guy. I think he's. Uh, He's genuinely empathetic and loving and caring individual. He went to seminary, not that that really matters. But, you know, he, he, has, a, he has a passion for people. I really believe that. And I think it's, he's more about people than he is his presentation, as evidenced by the vice presidential debate, which he came across kind of odd because he was out of his element and they wanted him to be in attack mode. and That's, that's not his jam. He's yeah. he's a good guy, I think.
2: Yeah, well, I do want to say, just really quickly, you said that the vice presidents don't really matter. Well, we have very old presidential candidates as well.
1: I, I mean, normally.
2: Hillary Clinton yeah. just turned 69 today. Today, yeah. yeah or yesterday, birthday, as it were. And then Donald Trump is, of course, the healthiest man alive, but he's 70 years old.
1: Strong like bull.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say, in comparing Tim Kaine and Mike Pence, for those who didn't watch the vice presidential debate, and no, we did not do a bonus episode on that because it wasn't very...
1: You know why we didn't?
2: Um, <laughs> Nobody cared. It wasn't very uh, important or useful. Anyway... <laughs> My favorite question was the religious question, and I think it was at the end. It was the second to last question. It was, yeah. And I was really eager for this question because Mike Pence is kind of a religious nutter.
1: They're both deeply religious men.
2: And Tim Kaine is very religious, like you just said. And (laughs) um, they were asked, tell us a time when you had to reconcile your personal religious faith with public policy.
1: When they conflicted.
2: Right, when you had to reconcile the two. Yeah. And Tim Kaine gave an awesome answer about the death penalty. He has been against the death penalty his whole life because of his faith.
1: As well, he should be.
2: And he talked about being the governor of Virginia. And that he said, listen, I'm against the death penalty. But if I get into this office, I'm going to uphold that. Because that is what the people in my state want. That's the law. And so he went through with some deaths. Yeah. And that was difficult for him, but he did it because he said he made the promise to the people. Well, He
1: understands that. And here's the deal. Listen, there's a lot that could be said and criticized about Democrats. Of course about Republicans, but both parties have some things to be criticized. And I didn't used to think this, that the democratic party was the party of the rule of law. The, the, the democratic party was the party that respected the constitution and our system of government but that's the way it is now and i don't know how long it's been that way but for tim kane to go against his better judgment his logical judgment because the death penalty is horrid and not for any feel good bleeding heart liberal kind of way but because you don't want the government having the kind of power to decide who gets to live and who gets to die but for Tim Kaine, a Democrat, to say, yeah, you know what? I understand that it's the rule of law, and we live in a nation of laws. All the things that the Republicans try to act like they stand for, he lived it. He proved it. And then when Mike Pence was asked the question, didn't he give some bullshit answer?
2: We well, started talking about his personal feelings about abortion and he never had to reconcile anything because he just wants to push his religious views onto other people. So it was very strange the way that Mike Pence answered the question after having just heard Tim Kaine and his awesome response. And that, for me, was the, the difference that I needed to see between the two candidates. Well, the
1: other thing, and we're kind of going far afield here from actually answering the question, although we are given a little substance on who these two men are, uh, Mike Pence... Is a guy who pushed for the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in his state and only backed away from his deeply held religious convictions after there were corporate and financial and economic ramifications that were headed his way in Indiana, where companies were like, if you do this, we're out, dude. We're out of here. And he decided, oh, well, it's for the best interest of the state, blah, blah, blah. He bullshitted his way out of it. Mike Pence is the kind of guy that would like to roll back the clock on LGBT rights. Mike Pence is the kind of guy who absolutely wants to roll back the clock on abortion rights. He is a religious nutter butter who is only matched in his nutter buttery by Donald Trump. He's only matched in his danger to be working in the executive office. In D.C. by Donald Trump. And I've heard it said, and I think it's an arguable point, that he might be more dangerous than Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump's kind of a goof who just flies by the seat of his pants and doesn't really have any ideology. Mike Pence does. Mike Pence is a true blue believer that Jesus, he has the bat phone to Jesus. Kind of like George W. Bush did. And that's that's a scary thing. So I hope that we answered the question and didn't obfuscate. Needless to say, okay, here's the answer. Mike Pence bad, Tim King good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just edit everything else out and just leave it there.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: Support for I doubt it with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. So we
2: want to take a moment and thank all of our patron supporters, our PayPal supporters. Our
0: patron
1: supporters?
2: Our Patreon supporters. No, no.
1: You already said it. Thank you, patron supporters. Well, we call
2: them patrons, Patreon supporters.
1: (laughs) I'm just being a dick.
2: Listen, everyone knows what Uh, I'm talking about. Calm down. Okay. So (laughs) we want to thank you guys and we also want to thank those of you who shop on amazon be sure to keep that going because that is super awesome and helpful for the show also i would like to say that on patreon we have those those different levels right and the the
1: the goals that we'd like to reach right and once
2: we get to our next goal we will add a third show a week So that is kind of something that we're reaching for right now, hoping to get to our next goal so that we can add a third show a week.
1: I know it doesn't seem like that's a realistic goal since we don't even do two shows a week now. We do
2: do two shows a week. (laughs) But
1: after this semester, we'll have normal setup going on. Right. We'll be able to do it.
2: Right. So that gives you guys a little bit more time (laughs) to reach that goal. But I do want to talk about the Thanksgiving episode because. Oh yeah.
1: We haven't talked about that again. Yeah.
2: And this is my favorite thing that we do. And I am so excited to hear from people. And we
1: haven't gotten any submissions because we haven't been talking about it.
2: Right. And uh, what we need to do, actually, is go back and get the two Thanksgiving episodes from the previous years and post those on the Facebook page and the Twitter page so that you guys can listen to them and get a feel for what we're looking for for that episode, because I have cried both years. Uh,
1: Listen, I'm the one who edits the goddamn thing together and it's I'm a crier anyway. It's it's not a, a stretch for me to cry about stuff, but wow. They yeah. are powerful. Very powerful.
2: And that's not to say that you can't write in with something funny or You don't ride in. You, yeah. You call in. Call in with something <laughs> funny, right? You can call in with whatever you're thankful for, make it whatever message you want, Um, but we want it to be heartfelt, and I think everyone gets a lot out of this episode, so we are accepting submissions now. It is a
1: fan favorite.
2: Yeah, start sending them in.
1: Yeah, in fact, here it is. If you'd like to submit um, a voicemail or a voice memo, it's like it always is. 657-464-7609. Please start submitting now because I've got to put this thing together and it can be a bear. Also, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thanks, you guys. We love you and appreciate you so much. Dollamocracy 2016 Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So things are not looking good for Donald Trump in the polls. Despite this, despite all of the polling data that's out there, the many independent polls, the independent sources, they're all kind of coming to the same idea about things. Nate Silver at 538. He's coming to the same conclusion. He's the guy who's picked every single state and which way they would go for several presidential elections. He's like the Rain Man of political elections. There is, however, one lone professor (laughs) who ended up over on Fox News with Tucker Carlson, the bow tie clad weirdo, talking about his, his model for understanding, and he believes that Donald Trump is going to win.
4: Well, he's a professor with a remarkable record of predicting election outcomes. And despite what recent polls say, and what everyone in Washington and on television is saying, this Real Clear Politics poll, including this one, this man is sticking by his prediction of a Trump victory. Here to explain is Stony Brook University professor Helmut Norpoth, Professor, it's great to see Good
5: you. Thank you very much for having so me. So you
4: are almost alone, yes, among academics predicting a Trump win, not because you're coming out for Trump, but because you have a model that you believe leads to the conclusion he's going to win. Tell mm-hmm. us about this model. How have you arrived to this conclusion?
5: Well, there are two things. Okay, the model is called the primary model. So I take into account primary elections, real elections, how the candidates are performing, and uh, I can track. Primaries for about 100 years since 1912, so it's quite a quite a set of elections. Yes, and it usually turns out that the candidate who does better in his party's primaries or her party primaries beats the other guy who does less well. And so in this election, the primaries that I'm relying on, it's only New Hampshire and South Carolina. Yes, Donald Trump came out on top, better than Hillary Clinton in the Democratic race. And that seems so, that
4: seems like a fair yes. measure and what's the other one what's the, the other, other one predictor?
5: is what i call the uh, swing of the pendulum the uh, uh, the tendency after let's say two terms of the uh, white house party being in office yes that is a change and uh, i can track that actually for a longer period of time for almost 200 years and that also gives a prediction that uh, Republicans are favored this year.
4: So a lot of us in the TV business make predictions and we say it and we say we believe it. But do we really believe it? Mm-hmm. Do we believe it enough to bet on it? <laughs> do you believe your prediction enough to put your money in a legal way in a betting market behind your prediction?
5: Yes, I have. I've, uh, I've uh, gone all in in the Iowa market, which is sort of the oldest prediction market where it's legal to do that. And uh, I bought uh, shares of the Republican candidate way, way uh, a long time ago, and I'm sticking with it.
4: So with 18 days to go, are you still confident? Yes, I am. Is your wife upset? Does she think you're going to lose the money?
5: <laughs> or does she trust you? Well, it's, uh, let's say it's a $500 max. So it's not, it's, it's not the house. It's not the... Uh, uh, it's not the pension fund, etc. So uh, it's it's, uh, but it is something.
4: How much chaos will there be among other professional predictors <laughs> mm-hmm. if Trump wins? You'll be almost the only person who called that.
5: <laughs> well, I think the only ones are really uh, sort of a big deal at stake are the pollsters. Yes. I mean, because they have. Uh, uh, I mean, for them, it's it's big business. I mean, for academics, it's uh, it's different. There are actually quite a few quite a few colleagues of mine who also have a prediction. That uh, Trump is going is to make it. I'm, I'm not the only one among academics who, who are doing that. But, Interesting. But I won't mention that because some of them are a little, uh, little leery of. That. I bet <laughs> they are. So
4: uh, this is Professor Helen Norpoth. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing correctly. I want to spell his name: H-e-l-m-u-t-n-o-r-p-o-t-h. Perfect. Google him. You can read more. <laughs> you're going to be a hero.
5: <laughs> Primarymodel.com. Primarymodel.com. If it. you're right, I hope uh, you'll come back. Well, thank you very much. Great doctor. to see you, I Professor. Really Enjoy talking to thank you. Thank you very much.
2: This is like listening to someone predict the rapture yeah you know like how they do every year
1: and then having some crazy rapture crazed christian on the other end of the conversation
2: but this is just desperation
1: yeah oh you're gonna be a hero right a hero to whom guy i
2: mean and he he's sitting there thinking or saying yeah this sounds this sounds like a fair measure (laughs) come on
1: right what well they also didn't go into any detail about how many races he's predicted and how many lopsided races he may have have predicted. I mean, it's this is ridiculous. And it's this kind of thing that is fueling the Trump crowds. It is fueling the Trump campaign staff. Even Donald Trump today was talking about how he believes he's on top, that they are winning. In every state, he said, he believes they're ahead. Well, Megyn Kelly had Newt Gingrich, the massive, pumpkin-headed Newt Gingrich, on her show last night.
2: Megan, my girl.
1: And was talking about how the Donald Trump campaign is behind in the polls.
6: And it kind of devolved from there. But I'm telling you that the Fox News decision desk just moved Iowa, that you just mentioned, Indiana, 2nd Congressional District in Maine, all of them moved left, moved more likely to vote for Hillary Clinton. And in fact, all of the moves that sure. have been on this map over the past three weeks by Larry Sabato, by Cook, by the Fox News decision desks. These are nonpartisan outlets that are just trying to call the electoral not nonpartisan
7: outlets. Every outlet you describe Fox, is
6: part of the establishment. Fox News. Really, are we? I don't think so. Think and they come all, on. every state they've moved. They've moved it to the left towards Hillary. And you tell me whether that's all made up.
7: No, I think they're two alternative universes. You have a poll which suggests that she's going to get a Barack Obama turnout among African-Americans. I don't think that's going to happen. You have a Washington Post-ABC News poll where they took out 8% of the vote because they didn't like the way it voted. Look, I've been around long enough. I remember when the Detroit liberal newspaper on the Sunday before the election said John Engler would lose by 14 points. He won the governorship that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't take polls as seriously as people who've never run for office. But your candidate, I can tell you,
6: your candidate loves them and has touted them from the beginning. And he's been behind in virtually every one of the, out of the last 40 polls that we've seen over the past I, month. That's the reality.
7: If you want to assume the election's over, skip the next two weeks and we can talk about the future. I'm not assuming fine. anything. I'm, I'm, just, I'm
6: asking you whether you believe right? your candidate's behind based on these numbers and what I, it says about the, the down ballot ve- I, races.
7: I believe the odds are at least one in three and maybe better than that. That the difference in intensity and the difference in determination and the degree to which Hillary Clinton is clearly the most corrupt, dishonest person ever nominated by a party all mean that the odds are pretty good she's not going to win.
1: So (laughs) we're going to we're going to stop it there.
2: This isn't about determination or
1: intensity,
2: stamina. Isn't that what he's getting ready to say? (laughs) These are based on polls,
1: It's about asking people questions
2: about how they're going to vote in a
1: scientific poll.
2: Not only that, but 7.3 million Americans have already voted.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not looking good. So
2: there are already some estimates based on early voting.
1: Yes. Well, and the other thing is that this is the narrative that Donald Trump's camp is trying to get out there. That all these polls don't matter or they have to be wrong because we have big crowds. And our people are enthusiastic. Well, I hate to break it to you, Trump people. I don't, listen. I Let's say that I'm not very enthusiastic about the woman I just endorsed last episode, Hillary Clinton. And my next door neighbor is mad on fire for Donald Trump. You know what's weird about that is it doesn't matter how fucking on fire he is. He gets one vote, and so do I. So I could be, hey, everybody, I don't really want to vote for Hillary Clinton. That makes me sad. And he could be, ah, Donald Trump. It doesn't matter. We each get one vote. How enthusiastic your crowds are is not an indicator of how you're doing in the electorate.
2: Well, yeah. And let's use Arizona for one example here. Registered Democrats continue to outpace registered Republicans in early voting. They're ahead by 4,116 votes, a major improvement from their position at this time four years ago when they trailed 21,000, over 21,000. Yes. So right now, Democrats in Arizona have 164,270 votes. Republicans- hundred and sixty thousand one hundred and
1: fifty four votes. Yes. Megan Kelly and Newt Gingrich continue. Mm
7: -hmm. Now I actually believe that. This is not just because I'm for Donald Trump. I actually believe the American
6: people. So let me let me ask you about that. So she let's assume she is corrupt, right? She was just as corrupt three weeks ago and three months ago, (laughs) and she she would have been corrupt and collapsing physically on September eleventh of this year. And her poll numbers tanked. But then you know what happened. He had a rough first debate. He took the bait on Alicia Machado. He stayed in that trap for a week. The Access Hollywood tape came out, which was not produced by Hillary Clinton. That was Trump on that camera talking Meghan, about grabbing I heard, women. Look, I
7: just heard you go through this with, 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 with uh, Governor Pence. I get yeah. it. I know where you're coming from. But let me point out something to you. Sure. The three major networks spent 23 minutes attacking Donald Trump that night and 57 seconds on Hillary Clinton's secret speeches. You don't think this is a scale of bias worthy of Pravda and vestia?
1: First of all, why does that matter? Why is he trying to surreptitiously pivot to bias? We're talking about how well Donald Trump was doing in the polls. You're claiming he's doing well. Why would you even need to pivot to bias? If he's doing well, he's doing well. Despite the bias, but instead you're making excuses for how well he's not doing, or more accurately, how poorly he is doing.
7: I mean, you want to know why Donald
6: Trump had a rough if time? If Trump is At a least, sexual predator, that is—he's not a sexual predator. Okay, you that's can't your say opinion. That. I'm, you not not that I, I'm, now, I'm not taking a position on that. You could not defend that statement. Now I'm sick and tired of people like you
7: using language that's inflammatory that's not true. Excuse me, Mr. Donald,
2: Speaker. Donald... So she said. If Donald Trump is a sexual predator.
1: And then was going to have a statement.
2: And he lost it. She was saying if. If he is.
1: That was the question she asked.
2: Because the allegations suggest that it's possible he is. So,
1: Well, if you go off his own words, he is. If he has done the things that he claims to have done, then he is a sexual predator.
7: Donald you have Trump no idea dis-
6: whether it's true or not. What we know is that neither, there are Neither least, do you. That's right, and I'm not so, taking a position on, on it on uh, Yes, you are. You. When
7: you use the words, you took a position. Uh, so what I think I it's said very is unfair of you to do that, Megan. Incorrect. I think that is
6: exactly the bias people are upset by. I think that your defensiveness on this may speak volumes, sir. <laughs> what yeah, I said let me is if... To you. No, no, no. Let me make my point, and then I'll give you the floor. Why? What I said is if trump is a sexual predator then it's a big story and what we saw on that tape was trump himself saying that he likes to grab women by the genitals and kiss them against their will that's what we saw then we saw ten women come forward after he denied actually doing it at a debate to say that was untrue he did it to me he did it to me we saw reporters we saw people who had worked with him people from apprentice and so on and so forth he denies it all which is his right we don't know what the truth is my so, point to you so, is, as a media, as a media story, we don't get to say the 10 women are lying. Oh, we have to cover that story, sir. Oh,
7: sure. Okay, so so it's worth 23 minutes of the three networks to cover that story, and- Hillary Clinton in a secret speech in Brazil to a bank that pays her $225,000 saying her dream is an open border where 600 million people could come to America. That's not worth covering. That is worth covering. When you covering. want to go back to the did. tapes of your show recently, you are fascinated with sex and you don't care about public policy. Me? Oh, that's really? what I get
6: out of watching <laughs> you tonight. You know what, Mr. Speaker? I'm not fascinated by sex, but I am fascinated by the protection of women. I'm going to stop
1: it there. This is the problem, the absolute problem that Donald Trump's campaign has. He's attacking Megyn Kelly right now. And she is turning it around and shoving it right in his ass. That I don't have a fascination with sex, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Donald Trump's surrogate. I have a fascination With the oppression of women. Or whatever word she used. And this is how this entire interview. Is going to come across. To both swing voters. And women voters. Who are either on the fence. Or not solidly. In the Donald Trump camp. That he's attacking her. That because she is worried. About women who are being sexually assaulted. Or the potential. Of being sexually assaulted. That she's obsessed with sex newt gingrich not having any idea that there's a difference between sexual assault and sex
2: newt gingrich is accusing right someone of being obsessed with sex
1: someone who the way i understand it divorced his wife while she was on her deathbed and then went to his other wife while having an affair and said to her Hey, listen, we can stay married if we have an open marriage, but if not, we're going to have to get divorced. And she told him to fuck straight off, and they got divorced.
2: Who knew? Who knew that Newt Gingrich really gets around?
1: Yeah. Well, who, Allegedly. Knew, he, who knew he could Allegedly. get around? Who knew he could? Who knew? He is a pumpkin-headed roly-poly.
2: Well, he also was not very nice. I did not appreciate his head movements during this interview. If you watch the interview... Well, it's hard
1: to keep the balance of the giant (laughs) melon. It's just kind of... eh, It's like a a weeble wobble.
2: Aside from that, the head (laughs) movements came across as very aggressive... Uh, I did not.
1: Even his tone at the end, yeah, in about a minute very... 22 seconds, is just, what a dick.
6: It's very disturbing. And understanding okay. what we're getting in the Oval Office, and I think the okay. American voters would like and to know. And therefore,
7: we're going to send Bill Clinton back to the East Wing, because after all, you are worried about sexual predators.
6: Yeah, listen, it's not about me. It's about the women and men of America, and the poll numbers show us that the women of America in particular are very concerned about these allegations, and in large part believe that they are do, a real issue, and don't dismiss the
7: Do you want to comment on whether the Clinton ticket has a relationship to a sexual predator?
6: We on the Kelly File have covered that story as well, sir. I will no, tell no, you I the No, I just polls. want to hear you use
7: the words. I want to hear your words, Bill Clinton's sexual predator, I dare you. Say Bill Clinton's sexual predator. Mr. Speaker, disbarred we covered, by the island, Excuse by the Arkansas me, sir. bar sir. Excuse Disbarred by the excuse
5: Arkansas me. bar.
6: $850,000 penalty. Excuse me, sir. We on The Kelly File have covered the Clinton matter as well. We've hosted Kathleen Willey. We've we've covered the examples of him Mm -hmm. being accused as well, but he's not on the ticket. And the polls also show that the American public is less interested in the deeds of Hillary Clinton's husband than they are in the deeds of the man who asks us to make him president, Donald Trump. We're going to have to leave it at that.
1: Okay, there's eight seconds left. Listen to his shitty, just contemptuous tone. When she ends the interview,
6: you can take your anger issues and spend some time working on them, Mr. Speaker. Thanks for being and here,
7: and you too, and you too,
6: you
1: and, too, oh, and and
7: you too, oh. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: it's because all the things that were popping into his mind to say, he could not say on TV. Yeah, so he had to really tone it down a bit.
1: Former Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States of America, Newt Gingrich. Me thinks he doth protest too much, Brittany Page.
2: So I do want to say, because Amanda Carpenter, who is the former communications director for Ted Cruz, she's been making the rounds talking about the Republican problem, especially as it relates to women. And she wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post, and it's awesome. And we will put it on the Facebook page and the Twitter page. You should really read it. Yeah,
1: it's really great.
2: She says... To the Republicans who have supported Trump, like Newt Gingrich, those who gave Trump credibility and used their influence to rationalize his obscene words and actions need to be named and shamed for what they did. Because the most dismaying thing about the election is not Trump himself. It's that so many Republicans endorsed his nightmarish campaign. And this is something I've been saying, which is the people who have supported him, We're going to remember who those people are as they try to distance themselves when this whole thing is over.
1: Uh, Eventually, that's going to happen.
2: And they're going to try to make us forget and move on and say they didn't really know the extent of it until after, right? And then they, they had a realization and, oh, yeah, we don't care. I was just
1: supporting the party. We don't care. Yeah.
2: And you should have listened to people like Amanda Carpenter, who have been on the right side of this all along, saying, listen, you need to defend women. In fact, what she's been saying is, I've been a Republican. I've been in this party for so long. And I've had to defend the party from charges of sexism. And I've been doing that my whole career. And now you're making me look like a fool.
1: Yeah. Well, here, here, here's here's the deal. Everyone who is standing behind Donald Trump or in front of Donald Trump, defending Donald Trump, advocating for Donald Trump, Jason Chaffetz, who supported Donald Trump, then withdrew his endorsement and then just today or yesterday says, oh, well, uh, I'm not going to support or defend Donald Trump, but I'm going to vote for him. Fuck you, Jason Chaffetz. <laughs> You know what? It's pretty You are the reason. Listen, you can disagree with the Republican policy, but it is a it's a, it's a, it's a divergent opinion. It's a different opinion. That's all it is. But it is a a noble and respectable political party, and it is men like Jason Chaffetz who have no fiber of character, who are going to vote for Donald Trump, who come out and release a statement saying this these wiggly vacillating words about, oh, I'm not going to support him and I'm not going to defend him, but I'm going to vote for him. Well, what more support is there than a vote? These men and these women who support Donald Trump, these Republicans, they can be blamed for the death of the Republican Party. Donald Trump as well, but it takes many people to support a candidate. Because if they had all come out from the very beginning. And this includes men. For whom I have great respect. Like John McCain. Day late dollar short. If you pulled your endorsement. That means you endorsed him. In the first place. And you are to blame. But it's the demise of your party. Not mine. So. To kind of juxtapose things here. Clearly, the Donald Trump camp is in la-la land. They don't have any idea what the reality of the situation is relative to their demise electorally. Let's turn to 538, though, and look at a couple states because it is not looking good for Donald Trump. Nate Silver from 538, the chief architect and genius over at 538, has just written a couple articles talking about how their models are more bullish on Trump And they are only giving him like a 14% chance of winning the White House. And they are more pro-Trump than they should be, he admits. The things we need to be focused on though are the swing states. Florida, Virginia, North Carolina. Now there's new swing states in play like Arizona, Iowa, Ohio. Some people are saying that Texas. is now in play for Hillary Clinton, which is ridiculous. If Hillary Clinton wins Texas. <laughs> That is an embarrassment for Donald Trump.
2: Well, I know that uh, polls have been showing them as very close in Texas, yeah. but 538s prode- projection still has Donald Trump with an 82% chance of winning Texas. Sure, sure. But when it comes to Arizona, Hillary Clinton has a 573 chance of winning Arizona as it stands right now, and that's 11 electoral votes. Right. And then you have Florida, and she has a 714 chance of winning right now. You have Virginia, she has a 93 93- percent chance of winning yeah that's 13 electoral votes in North Carolina 538 has her with a 68.8 percent chance of winning almost 70 percent right that's 15 electoral votes and then you have Iowa which is not a lot light blue right which means it's leaning Democratic and Hillary Clinton has a 53.6 percent chance of winning Iowa and that's six electoral votes
1: yeah so Listen, Donald Trump's doomed. (laughs) He's doomed. And the fact that they won't admit it, it's very curious to me. So when Donald Trump is setting up this entire narrative that he believes they're ahead in every state, all it says to me is that he's setting up the case for him to say at the very end when he loses, you see, the fix was in. We knew we were going to win. All of our data said we were going to win and now we lost. That means it was fixed. So he's setting up this entire narrative for his Trump TV and to embolden that audience to subscribe to his new network that he's going to start with Steve Bannon and possibly Roger Ailes.
2: Well, it's interesting because Hillary Clinton, who is leading and is projected to win, is not going out on the campaign trail saying, yep. Uh, We're good, everybody. We're going to be winning this thing. No, Uh, she's still saying, listen, Donald Trump could win this. You need to get out there and vote. Well, it's the same
1: thing Van Jones has been saying for a year.
2: And it's interesting that Donald Trump isn't trying to encourage that in his own supporters, right? Saying, listen, no, Hillary Clinton could win. You guys don't want Hillary Clinton to win. (laughs) What are you doing? Right. Right? Yeah. And, And you'd think that he would be really milking that fear. But well, it's like not. when you
1: it's like when you go into a debate and you 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 try to downplay your performance. So if you overperform, people think you did spectacularly. He's not doing that electorally. He's acting as though it's in the bag. Yeah. Which is not what you should do. You should be doing it like Hillary Clinton is doing it to maintain the excitement or the fear, the trepidation that your side might not win to to make sure that everybody knows every single vote counts. And listen, it might not count here in California, but it counts where you live. Assuming you live in a place where it counts.
2: <laughs> is uh, David Duke going to be joining the Trump TV clan? I don't know. Are they calling it the Trump TV clan?
1: But is this the time? Should I... Should I... To, should I... Should, I, should I? I...
2: I guess so.
0: <laughs> okay. that
2: It's too much. That's
1: tooting the horn.
2: Yeah, it's excessive.
1: I've been talking about for months, I've been talking about Donald Trump's media empire. Yeah. And why he picked Steve Bannon to be his campaign chief or whatever the hell weird title he has it is looking like more and more that my prediction has come true and I have a secondary prediction that you might have to listen to me toot my horn about after this clip.
0: All right, I wanna stay on the Trump campaign, which launched Trump Tower Live on Facebook last night, a new show, an evening news-like show that they say will run every night until the election.
8: This is just an effort by us to reach out to you guys, give you the message straight from the campaign. You don't have to take it through the media filter and all the spin that they put on it.
0: (laughs) No spin there, not at all. All right, joining me now, Gabriel Sherman from New York Magazine. He's also an MSNBC media and politics contributor. Gabe, there are plenty of headlines saying Trump TV is coming. Is what they're doing every night kind of a beta test?
8: Without question, this has gotten a lot of people talking. Really, what they're doing is testing the market. Uh, As you and I were just talking, Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law, has been speaking to Wall Street bankers. There have been very preliminary conversations. But the idea is to say, how do they monetize this audience? People I talk to inside the campaign say they have a list of 25 million proprietary names that could be the foundation of a future Trump TV. These are people they could market directly to. So by testing through Facebook, this is a way to really get the ball rolling.
0: So they could use all of this polling information, the data they have gathered yeah. over the last six months, and now turn this to a private you know, investment venture, essentially. Yeah,
8: exactly. And really what Facebook is doing is trying to bypass cable networks like MSNBC. You can go directly to the audience. The problem is the money is just not there. Really, all the revenue is still in the cable TV industry. And that would cost hundreds of millions of dollars for Trump to invest in. To get onto a cable Okay,
0: system. but, well, hold on, how many people are watching?
8: Right now it's small. My understanding is like 50 or 60,000 streams, which is good for Facebook, but it's a very small audience.
0: Okay, even if it's 50 or 60,000 streams, let's say he doesn't go with a traditional cable network. Yeah. What if he goes radio? If you think about what uh, Rush Limbaugh does, what Glenn Beck does, look at Sirius Satellite Howard Stern. They make a ton of money.
8: They do, but the problem is it's very hard to do it only around Donald Trump. He's 70 years old. He's not going to want to put in the effort it takes to build a media company by himself. So the trick would be to get more talent. There's been rumors that Sean Hannity could be a founding member of a Trump media organization with Lee Fox. You really need, need to build a network of talent around Trump, because it's not going to want to do it every single day.
0: I mean, that's not easy. It wasn't easy for Oprah. Radio is easier than TV, though. But Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, yeah. he's got the Observer. He knows media. He, whether he has or hasn't, he's got Roger Ailes in his universe and Stephen Bannon. Roger Ailes, is he on good terms with Donald? Because one would guess this would be exactly what he wants to do.
8: Of course, and what my reporting has shown is the two have cooled in recent months. Ailes was advising Trump through the earlier part of the campaign and came into Trump campaign more officially to help him prep on debates. And those sessions didn't go very well. If you believe the Trump camp, Ailes was just telling old war stories. If you believe Ailes' side, people around him say, listen, Trump wouldn't focus. Roger thought this would be a waste of time, and he just basically threw his hands up. But what we do know is that they've only spoken a few times in the last couple of months. So really, if he's going to be a founding member of Trump TV, he's not in the door right now.
0: It almost sounds like Roger Ailes and Donald Trump have similar personality traits. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're fighting. All right. This is extraordinary. Your guess. You think Trump TV come mid-November starts?
8: I think that's a little earlier. I think 2017, they could really get it off the ground. I've been hearing they want to start at spring of 17.
1: So there you go. So Trump
2: TV, you don't have to worry about information being reported and having it be tainted with education. Right, right. Or-
1: it, it does get filtered through the the mainstream media filter. Ugh. Yeah. Here's the deal. The other aspect of this, because I've been calling this for a long time.
2: <laughs> we but, know.
1: Do I have to keep saying that?
2: We. I. I feel like we get it.
1: I feel like you should say, "Oh, you've been saying this for a long time." <laughs> that way, it takes the onus off of me, and I don't even have to toot my own horn because you'll be tooting to it for me.
2: Listen. <laughs> I tried, and you were tripping all over yourself, <laughs> trying to get that little do-to-do no out of your tri- face. No trips. No tripping. Okay. <laughs> it, I, can't, I can't take that away from you. It's so important Listen, for I'm you to be able to do that. I'm
1: scatting, and I'm bebopping. Yeah. Let me scat here. Okay. Because my next prediction. Oh. Well, not my next, but my previous next prediction. Okay. Was that Tommy Laren was going to be a part of this whole fucking thing. Uh-huh. And here's where she comes in. The lady who we don't really talk about that much on the show. And by lady, I'm being pretty uh, loose, pretty liberal with the word lady. Well, she's a lady. She's she's a gal. (laughs) What? So Tommy Lahren apparently is teaming up with the Trump campaign. And when asked questions about this, she kind of spills the beans But it's very subtle with the words that she uses. Maybe it's just me and my wishful thinking and wanting to be right about everything. But I get the feeling that she is deep embedded in the Trump camp and ready to leave the crumbling Blaze TV.
9: I'll tell you the birthplace of this is, I've been talking to the Trump campaign for some time now about taking our message to Facebook, because we know that Donald Trump, he has no rivals in this industry of social media and earned media output, what he's been able to do on Twitter, but there was kind of a lapse on Facebook, and I was talking with the social media team, and we've been trying to work on these events for a while now. First, we were going to do some tailgate events at college football games with Don Jr., and then when those didn't pan out for whatever reason, being the hurricane and other unforeseen events, then we said, you know what let's just do it. Let's start on debate night and let's just do our own Facebook live feed. We don't need the mainstream. We know what the mainstream is going to do, we know how they're going to cover this thing. We know that the Trump surrogates are largely going to be silenced and mocked. So, why don't we just do our own thing? So, that's where it was born is debate night, and that was our first kind of debut of what this is. And it's really a grassroots, organic. You're going to get the coverage from the Trump team and you're going to see how we feel about the news of the day. You're not going to get any of the crap the mainstream's feeding you. So we decided, hey, it worked well for the, the live stream for the rallies. It worked well on the live stream for post-debate. Let's just do it a few more nights a week and, and, and get some input and go straight to the American
8: people. And the brand of it is a lot of the, a lot of the um, reviewers were calling it Trump TV. It's not called Trump TV. It's called Trump Tower Live. Is that, is that the brand that's going to encompass it now?
9: See, and this whole thing, and when we call it even a brand, I think that's even making it a little bit more formal than what it is. It's honestly us coming directly to you on Facebook, coming direct to the viewers. Um, There is no such thing as Trump TV. Trump TV does not exist. That is not Whether that's coming in the future, I don't know. They haven't enlightened me on that fact. What I know is that we've got a candidate. The media is not going to do this for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to do it ourselves. So we decided Trump Tower, most of them sit in Trump Tower. I'm here in Dallas. So we're we're across the country and we're taking
2: our thing to social media. Oh, That's where oh, we shine. I'm I'm sitting here like, how much longer is that gonna? She said the same thing just over and over and over again. Well, she's
1: not smart.
2: Well, I think she I think she is smart actually. Oh, you do? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> in a way.
1: Uh, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. How is she smart?
2: Well, listen. I think it's difficult to go in front of a TV camera and talk and be able to string words together. I think it's difficult to sit in front of a microphone and do that. And I don't think the things that she says are necessarily intelligent, but she's able to get up there and articulate herself in a way that gains a massive following and makes money and yeah, I get that. appeals to a large audience.
1: That That's certainly true. Here are the things, though. Let me, let me save you. Get you off the hook here. The phrases that lead me to believe that she's embedded in this entire thing is when she says she's been talking to Trump campaign for a long time. I've been talking to him for a long time. And then she talks about taking our message, meaning she's just not talking to the Trump campaign. She's now a part of it. She's part of the Trump organization, taking our message and doing our own thing, she says describing going out with the Trump team and using the word we we are doing this these are all things that lead me to believe especially when compounded with the last thing that she said which was a weak denial about Trump TV being a thing it's not a thing it is it doesn't exist and then she can't help herself if it does exist in the future oh I don't know they haven't said anything to me about that. It's all pretty, it's pretty weak to me.
2: Right. It's a little trying too hard.
1: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, once again, I I think this thing's happening. And I think it maybe wasn't a primary goal of Donald Trump to begin with, but it is certainly something he is ramping up now because they're going to use his campaign and voter lists... As a vehicle to get into the email boxes of prospective customers who will be paying for a subscription service, whether it be $5.99 a month or $9.99 a month, to be getting the radio programs and the TV feed. Or maybe they'll just do it on YouTube. But there's there's a plan afoot here. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. And we're going to keep it in politics. Normally, the Taken Care of Biz segment isn't about politics, but this one is just too good.
2: Taken Care of Biz. So normally in the... Taking care of his segment we move away from politics and try to leave things on a non-political uplifting note
1: well normally politics is just a bummer it
2: really is yeah but we are going to play a political ad it is a funny political ad <laughs> it's going viral
1: for a local municipality
2: yeah it's it's very clever and it's for someone named gerald daughtry yeah and he is running for Travis County Commissioner.
1: Is that Tennessee? Texas? All right. right? Yep. Not toot my horn now.
2: And, <laughs> and it's just a very uh, it's just a very sweet political ad.
1: it really is. And let me set the stage because some of this is a little visual. Every time you hear this guy, it's it's kind of, here's the narrative. It's this guy who's so passionate about government that he doesn't mind talking about the mundane numbers and details and ha la 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 la. And so imagine every time this candidate is is rambling on about these these the minutiae of his job. he's barbecuing, he's helping do laundry and there's always someone there with him who's like, the glazed over eyes, bored out of their mind, rolling their eyes that they don't want to be there anymore. It's, it's just solid.
3: We've got room to put 2,700 people in our jail, and it costs us about $103 a day. Gerald really doesn't have any hobbies. Last year's tax rate was .4169. This year, we could take that down to three eight three eight.
5: So is he always like that?
3: Yeah, all the time which means that the 3838 is probably going to go somewhere between 3838 and 41.69. Most people leave their work at the office. We got three light rail cars. You can put 60 people on each car. So even if you add two cars, you're talking about maybe 300 people that are affected. There are a million people in this community. I mean, that is .01 to the 8th power. If you round it off, it's zero. All he wants to do is fix things. So I got this 18-wheeler that's parked in this neighborhood, and fumes all over the place but quite frankly it's not a code violation you know I think I like helping around the house here please re-elect Gerald please
1: (laughs) I really hope that played with just the audio because it is hilarious that is something we'll put on the Facebook page for you guys to check out listen if you're not already a liker is that a thing a liker if you're not already a liker of the Facebook page or following us on Twitter, go do that. We'd love to connect with you guys. We really do try to 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 reach out, to respond, and, uh, and kind of make this a community. So hook up with us there because that's a good time. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you keep in mind we're not going to be here on monday we'll probably be back here well maybe i guess if i'm not feeling like a lazy turd we we might be Uh, but i wouldn't count on it so if you'd like to support the show in the meantime while we're gone we'd love a bunch of emails saying oh yeah look at all these patreon supporters look at all these paypal supporters look at all of these awesome purchases on amazon we would love to see that you guys will be helping us make one more step toward three episodes a week. So, until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Harry Potter.